0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Tradey Hour. We are so, so excited about what we have ahead of us. You know, the diversification and the pivoting that has occurred for every, every trade and construction-based business across Australia, New Zealand. Actually, the whole world over the last two years has been significantly shifting. Whether we liked it or not, the world has shifted. And as we, uh, I guess, embrace what is this new economy, the economy of the inflationary environment, the inflationary environment that has, resources, logistics, materials. I can't find good people, Stephen. Even when I find them, I don't even know that they're there because they're staring at me. And let me tell you about finding good people. That's been a problem for almost uh, 500 years, in my opinion. And uh, for many of us in business all across Australia and New Zealand and this part of the world, typically our small businesses only need, only need probably one or two or three at the most new, great A-graders joining us. And most of us are sitting and living in all in, 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 in situations where we have 5 million, 10 million and uh, 1 million people right under our nose and you only need one person. Let me tell you, it's always been difficult finding great people even when there's thousands of them applying for jobs. So we're going to speak about that because this is the changing face of our, of our businesses as we see them. Many of us are uh, embracing the new phase. And uh, without a further ado, I want to introduce our uh, panelists that are joining me this afternoon an amazing uh, set of experience in both these individuals uh, space and, uh, and and place of brilliance firstly, Angela las from pragma uh, good afternoon and welcome good to have you here mate
1: good to be here Stefan thanks for uh inviting and, and me. And just
0: yeah you know, and just out of curiosity um pragma what is pragma what do you what do you guys do there I mean it's a phenomenal well, business, but let the world know what do you actually do
1: well uh, Pragma, we're uh, manufacturing designers. So we come from an industrial design discipline and we design, supply, and, and produce products mainly in the space of corporate signage, uh, wayfinding, and directories. And we've got a few niche strands, which are ATM branding. We've got a very good reputation in that space. So we like to be in the whole process from uh, the design idea through to maintenance. So, in a nutshell, that's what we do. And uh, just, just out of interest, because, I mean, many
0: sign-based businesses that we uh, we definitely meet and, and certainly certainly entertain as a conversation as to where are you, where are you going, and point A to point Bs and personal goals, wealth goals, business goals, business challenges, many of the sign-based businesses, the signees as we like to call them, that we uh, meet and have a conversation with very, very often in our uh, journey and doing what we do here at Business Benchmark Group, Typically, they're businesses that have, you know, three, four, five people on the team. The owner is knee-deep in the, uh, you know, in, on, on the tools and, and what have you. But, but help me understand. Help me understand the shape of Pragma and your, um, and your setup in your business. What, what, give, me, give me a shape. What does Pragma have as a number of people on the team and then your extensive network, I believe, across the region? What does that look
1: like? So, so if we look at numbers, we're, we've uh, got a, a approximately 20 in-house staff. Uh, but our network's far-reaching, so we don't profess to have everything in one roof. That's not our model. We've got a national network of uh, manufacturers as well as installers, and we've got international relationships for manufacturing and raw material supply. So that allows us to sort of be nimble and, and change our tact as we need to. We also don't really come from a, a, a discipline of we we come from a design discipline firm, so. The fact that we're doing signage and branding, we we don't come from a sign right legacy. It's more of a an industrial design working from a a computer first rather than from on the floor first approach, which once again allows us to look at things a bit differently from from the way things may have been done traditionally in the past.
0: I love that, and that's such a uh, I mean, it's befitting our conversation this afternoon, which I, I'm really eager to introduce our next panelist but it's befitting our conversation about, you know, diversification, you know, same product, new market, new product, same market. And that's the extent of diversification in small business. Anywhere in the world, you know, I've got the same product, but I have an opportunity to look at my business no longer at a territorial level, but I can look at it at a time zone level. Same product, new market. or I can look at it, um, Angelo, from a, hang on, I have an opportunity to innovate. I love that computer first, that consultative element to computer first, then we'll put it together and we'll deliver it at a most efficient end-to-end level, which, which is a phenomenal business model, by the way. But that, that, that lends itself to, hang on, new product, same market, diversification. And yet many of us get very concerned about, oh, my God, the world is changing and, and I think I'm going to be left behind. Well, no one gets left behind. Only those that choose to continue to play the game of business as if it was in the tail on the donkey get left behind, particularly through changing markets. And I'm really keen to introduce our uh, our third panellist here this afternoon at the episode of The Trading I brought to you by Business Benchmark Group. I want to introduce a... Uh, a, 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 almost a regular, I'm going to call it, over the three seasons he's been involved in every season and we're really pleased to have him come back. James Denton, the uh, the, the General Manager of Carpentry Australia, an association that truly, truly is a remarkable, a remarkable reference point for over 30,000 um, carpenters in, um, in Australia in one way or another, members or not, they are open and continuing to be open to be supporting and, and being a, a place of you know, uh, a place of reason as it relates to the carpentry industry in Australia. And
2: uh welcome, James. Good to have you here, mate. Hey Stefan, thanks for having me back. I must be doing something right. I keep getting the invite. So I'll uh try to try to keep it on track.
0: Mate, I remember the uh I remember season one and you were on season one with uh our phenomenal uh client uh, Matt Adams from the Tradie Raps and he sort of made a comment on your haircut and that sort of to be honest yes. with you, mate, that that got so much feedback uh, as, as to how he complimented your wife's haircut. And I know it was lockdown back then and she did her best. But, uh, yes. mate, anyone that turns yes. up to a uh, being a panellist at the Tradie Hour with a, uh, a phenomenal haircut like that always gets an invitation back, mate. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I love what you do yes. and what you represent. More importantly, James, how are you, again, in a, in a changing economy like, you know, we would have spoken about the economy and and, and, and I guess construction and carpenters almost about yeah. four months ago now. And um, what are you seeing as a change as we're getting into the deep levels of winter now in, in this part of the world? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you what are you noticing as the as the the, the change going on in the industry for you and your members?
2: Yeah. So for people that don't know, Carpentry Australia we're a trade support organisation. So people sign up to us. Um, and we become the voice of carpentry. So we're with government working on licensing and those sort of things. But for the day-to-day, we're there to help apprentices and qualified carpenters to succeed in their career, so they can contact us for business support, job leads, trades advice. Um, you know, we can help them network with our apprentices, find new stuff. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest changes we've seen. I think 12 to 24 months ago, people were contacting us wanting more work and wanting job leads whereas now people are contacting us for more staff because they're so busy and they're trying to keep up. So Carpentry Australia, we've got to be on top of and on the pulse of what's happening in the industry, Um, and we have to be, you know, ready to change quickly. So during lockdowns, our our training where we train people to become builders and our online training um, that was face-to-face quickly went to online. So we just need to be quick and ready to adapt to change and make those changes so that we can keep servicing our members. Um, and we also found that during the time like a pandemic where people were a bit uncertain and worried and needed um, support was when we saw a big spike in membership because people um, don't always, you know, join up to their network for support when things are going well. Um, but as, as soon as things are uncertain, they need that support. So um, we've really uh, enjoyed being there to help those people get through them times. Um, and with the road ahead, I think it, tough times are still ahead um, definitely in the industry with materials and people's shortages, um, so we're just going to be there to make sure we're keeping guys updated and ready to succeed in the business, whichever way it is they need our support.
0: Yeah, no, fantastic, and uh, it, it is um, it is truly impressive. Like at Business Benchmark Group, we have relationships with many associations in the region, and we're stretching as far as the US and the UK now, as it relates to those relationships. And um, you, you can definitely um, you can definitely see the more I guess um, I'm going to call it customer centric um, versions of associations. You can definitely you can get definitely feel the DNA of an association and their closeness, the relational approach as it relates to their members and being relevant, keeping your finger on the pulse, as you called it. And um, I just think it's um, remarkable what you guys are doing, and, and specifically. Because many carpenters are younger typically when they start their business. They're different to the electricians and the plumbers. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, And needless to say, many of them don't truly grow out of just having a job. Like, you know, okay, they're on their own and they sort of might get one or two guys or girls on the team, but they're always an underpaid, overworked job owner versus business owner. And what we've seen, we have plenty of our clients in the carpentry space that are definitely members of Carpentry Australia, and and we just see a uh, a significant um, um, pivot. Let's call it a diversification from being on the tools to being off, um, to being on the tools to off the tools, and being better business owners, making better decisions, growing more people, giving them more opportunities to keep on growing. So from a from a um, from I guess a, a a construction point of view, and where are where in your case. Are definitely um, aligned to you know whether they're building pergolas in someone's backyard or they're truly building um, townhouses or being involved in multi-story yard uh, developments. What are you getting as a, a sense, a flavour of the uh, of the busyness out there? Do you feel do you feel the opportunity for work is still out there and enough of it for competent carpentry businesses to be um, you know truly getting richer every other year?
2: Yeah, I think it's a good market to be in as carpenters. I think um, everyone we're sort of talking to and the members so the people that are investing in the right things and using our support, they're contacting us um, and often they've only got a couple of seconds on the phone because they're just flat out. Um, They've got teams, you know, three or four um, sites running um, and that's a good time. When we see big teams with everyone on the one site, we uh, see the alarm bells that, hang on, why have you got eight people on one site? Why aren't you spread? It means you haven't got enough jobs. Um, but we've seen guys spreading um, and we've seen a lot of um, people come to us wanting to expand their team, which is always a sign that there's a lot of work out there. So they're looking to put on an extra supervisor or a couple extra qualified, multiple apprentices. Um, so we work to help our members get that. So we were out at a trade school on Tuesday um, and we got, um, you know, 100 um Apprentices, we got to present to and talk to Um, in that room. There's probably 10 of them looking for the next employer. So then we quickly can network and get them to our carpenters. So um, we know people need apprentices and need um, staff. So that's something that we put time into helping. So not just going out and helping those apprentices when how to make the next step, um, but it's also about networking them with our current members to make sure people can fill those staff voids um, so they can continue to grow um, because a growing business is a good business. No doubt. And Angelo, from your
0: perspective, um, you know, in certain, in certain circles uh, in the industry, you're known as the, or the business is known as the, this is where you go to get X. This is where you go. Like you go to Pragma. If you're looking for this, you go to Pragma and Angelo and the team there, and it's an amazing team there at Pragma, will help you with absolutely doing this. And we're talking about tier one customers and, and tier one as it relates to the work you deliver. So if I was to fill the blank off, you go here to get that, and that is a blank. What do you truly feel Pragma is known for in the market? What are you truly known for? I know you do way sign wayfind um wayfinding. I know you do the uh the big the big pieces with big stuff in shopping centres and blah blah blah. But when it's all done and dusted, and this is what I truly uh, this is why I love having you here this afternoon and sharing, you know, if you can just think outside the square and make it happen, what is Pragma truly known for and owns the space for being the number one in this part of the world?
1: If we're talking about things, it's, it's got to be ATM branding, um, which ironically has been a declining industry, so that tells for the last 15 years, but it's been the backbone of our business. So anything related to the ATM space and how it's uh, branded and portrayed, that's our, that's our piece. And we have got the track record of delivering, designing and doing that over the last 13 years. Which is phenomenal and, and, it's,
0: and it's really,
1: um, it, it just supports the
0: points as it relates to narrow your focus. Who is your ideal customer, the ideal job? At the ideal margin. If you get one right, then you can build the second one, and the third one, and the fourth one, and they're all complementing each other. But you get known in a uh, in, in a very competitive, I guess, environment such as um, the one we're experiencing now, to be a tr- true a true destination for excellence, quality, reliability, and a graders line up and they and, and they prepare to wait for you to deliver uh, when 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 you're ready. And and there's a lot of power in that as it relates to diversification and pivoting, and no different to what we're seeing um, in the market right now. You know, apartment building and/or development has sort of in the last three to four years moved towards more developers are doing townhouses again. You know, where we're gone back to a little bit of you know it's, it's 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 ratioed back that way, and therefore the construction crews. I was talking with a uh, a very good friend of mine last night. Three contracts he gave out is a massive massive developer, and he gave out three contracts last night to two builders to the value of $120 million. And and, and in saying that, we were having a chat about, okay, why is it that you chose those builders? I mean, did you go to Tender? He goes, no, mate. He goes, we have not done Tender for at least six years in in our consortium. We don't do Tender. What we do is we pay the right price, And, and what he means by that is we want the builder and the construction crews to make money because we're going to need them in 10 years for the for the for the projects we're designing right now right and we're going through planning permits and what have you and you think about that and you think about what you just shared you know in australia you are known for being the number one business benchmark group in australia we're not the only business coaching business working with trades and construction we are known for absolutely getting non-negotiable results so we have a waiting list of clients and partners and and ultimately um a really good fit that occurs there because we are clear about the outcomes, the standards. So back to you, Angelo, when you think about the uh, the last two years and possibly the next two years, what do you see? Like freedom of movement for the last two years, particularly as a Victorian based business was challenging. The next two years, as it relates to the immobility of, of, of material and all the logistics of finding and exceeding um, excellent um. Um, um network in your in your in your in your um in your supply chain what do you see as the biggest challenge that needs to be conquered um for a business like yours it's not just under one roof you are all over Australia doing what you do mm.
1: I, I think there's um there's a bit of an acceptance that is the challenge and that acceptance has to be on client side so we'll be throwing every challenge under the sun where it's what you mentioned freight materials, labor Um, but if the client is not willing to also understand that challenge we can provide alternatives and look at a different way of doing something but you need the client to be on board with that same challenge so if we've got the client on the same page then what we don't see those challenges as an issue at all it's just another way of how you deliver a project so if we've got open-mindedness with our end users we'll be fine, we just have to change the way we do things. If people stay stuck in the way we did things say four years ago, where freight was great, labor was abundant, material prices were pretty much consistent, then that's where the problems will start. So we've all got to evolve a little bit to a, a space where to realize, okay, we want to deliver X, but the way we did it in the past might not be the same way in the next two years. And, and that way we can keep things going and the economy moving and 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 work's going on rather than saying, oh, it's too hard. We'll just stop and wait. So I really believe it's the partnership with client side, which will, will help us navigate the challenges we've got to date. Um, and if we're open about it as manufacturers and say, hey, look, traditionally we would do it this way, would freight your products this way. However, there's an upside here. Would you be open to doing it another way? I think that's how success will come.
0: And I love that. And, you know, always always remaining at the forefront of being customer-centric. I mean, my view of the world is if I had $10 in my pocket, I would always invest $9 in delivering a, a promise versus let me go and get 10 more clients, right, mm. which is the marketing piece. So if you just keep on championing a customer-centric, a people-centric approach, even in your own business, Angelo, where you're up to you know 20 people on the, uh, on the, um, on the full-time um, um, schedule there, if you think about that, that's almost – well, it is. It's 1,000, 1,200 hours a week of resourcing at your disposal and you're the leader by that, who every other day is making decisions around where or what are we pivoting towards or choosing to say yes to, and possibly and most likely no to. And those activities that you say yes or no to, you have a 1,000-plus hours each week that ultimately go and execute, and ultimately you're looking for results, and hopefully they're more positive results than not so positive. So in this world of, you know, we're in this together, in this changing world where we need to meet and exceed the customer's needs who are a little more... um, Let's say post-COVID I'm, I'm sensing and what I'm seeing in the market is a shift towards, no, 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 it's my way. No, 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 I expect, no, 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 this is the way it's got to be. And therefore, to be in a position where, okay, that's okay. However, there is also this way is such a powerful, a powerful DNA component of businesses that, were, that are truly going to be here in 100 years' time. And... Um, If I'm to say this, I don't want you to get scared or leave the screen, right? (laughs) Angela, if I'm sharing with you that you are currently building a business that you're going to run forever, however you're getting it ready every other day to attract the highest level, the benchmark level investors, what do you say to that as it relates to 2022
1: and what's ahead of you? Uh, I'd say thank you for the compliment, and that's where we're heading for, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. We, it's not about me. It's about the business, and, and that will surpass what I do right now. So, um, yeah, we have been striving to get to that point, and it's two steps forward, one step back, but that's business, right? It's never a smooth road.
0: No, and, I, and I'm just curious to uh, get a sense of, get a, uh, a flavour off from James, you know, when the phone calls come in and, you know, there's probably a mixed bag of the phone calls as to good, bad and ugly and people truly in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a place or a crossroad of drama, as I'm sure they're uh, ringing you to say thank you. And you're probably getting a lot of thank you calls, no doubt. I mean, I get yeah. thank you calls, like, I've just had... Six thank you calls just then in the last five minutes versus Stephen. Where is my report? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, I'm just curious to hear as it relates to uh, your community there, James. And you know, from the top from the top down, you know, from carpentry Australia, from yourself and Jake, who are doing an extraordinary job in you know, um, truly, uh, truly providing support to a uh, an industry. Um, how many um, of your carpentry um, um well, let, let's go this way. How many of your owners of carpentry contracting businesses, owners, not carpenters, how many owners of your carpentry uh, contracting businesses are building 100-year-plus companies?
2: Uh, probably not as many as we would hope to be doing, um, and that's where we team up with people like yourself and try and get those businesses that, you know, are starting to expand and getting teams of five to 10 Um, And it's taking that next step and building a true business that can be sustainable beyond the years of themselves. I think a lot of carpenters, um, as you said, they work themselves. They've got their wife doing the books and they're doing, you know, the paperwork when they get home and they're probably working three jobs in one to get by. Um, So it's about um, working smarter, um, not harder and more hours and trying to help them um, make that. And so when you're talking about your diversification, it's about changing your business and when materials go up 10%, 20%, 10 20%, it's not about always wearing that cost and working an extra hour every day to make it up. Speak to your customers and explain the costs and um, make sure you're quoting and charging rates that makes a sustainable business. Some people get caught in, I might not get the job so I'll undercut myself, um, but there's no point winning a job if you're going to be doing it for no money at the end and some people are working in that way and that's where we come in and try and help carpenters to understand that all our members have access to a rates calculator and we want to make sure that people are charging a rate that they can, you know, feed their family and um, achieve the goals they hope to rather than working, you know, 60-, 70-hour weeks and at the end of the year not making anywhere near what they hope to. They're not going to stay in the industry. So a big part of what we do is in the changing markets, helping people understand that and stay in the industry.
0: I love that and, and a great um, great response then, mate, because I know it's, a, it's just one of those questions, isn't it? I mean... I, I rarely meet people that turn up in small business. That is, it says, Stephen, I'm really excited about. It. I'm going to build a 100 year company." I, I don't. That's not the typical conversation. The, the, the typical conversation is, "Mate, I'm at a crossroad. I'm not broken. Help me get through in terms of you know ma- make a better version of my business the next one two years." And, it, and and that's as far as we're trained in small business. I'm not talking about mid or large, but in small business, the owner still centered everything. And Angelo. You can you can relate to this, you know. You're sensitive to everything, and there comes a point where you truly feel pillar to post. But it's through yes. the, uh, the 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 decision around okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna have to lead something that's starting to look a little different, feel a little different. I'm gonna have to get out of my comfort zone and become a leader of the unknown. In other words, how can I? How do I? If I was to, what would you know? That's leader of the unknown, sort of um, type of questioning, and it's critical thinking. But I guess um, I'll, I'll come back to you, Angelo. You know, when you think about the changing face of your business over, you know, 10 plus years or so and, uh, and, and where you are and what you're, what you're designing as a game that you can win in the next little while. The diversification of your own business as it relates to the internal structure, as it relates to being attractive to attract. So you can't attract unless you're attractive. There's no other way. And you can't be successful until you know at a consistent level what success actually means. You just can't. It's not an event. It's a bloody journey, right? So when you think about pragma and what you're attracting right now or creating to attract in terms of talent, employee talent acquisition, employee value proposition, when you think about that very important piece, in building something that can outperform and outlast you, what can you share as it relates to your most recent and the next one or two years as to what you see as your change as it relates to the face of your business? And you're only a small business. You have 20 people on the team, very small, Hmm. very intimate, very people-centric. What are you doing as an owner and a leader of a successful business that, you know, I can't be here forever. What are you doing about that to create space and capacity?
1: I think it's um, being clear about, there's, there's many factors in, in what you're asking, Stefan, but it's about being clear to, to team members about what the opportunities they have within the business. And once that comes through by word of mouth in terms of genuine voice at the table, no matter what level, um, we become attractive. And we become attracted to the right people that do want to make a difference or or want to make an impact. So you're right. Well, once you achieve some success and you know what you stand for, this business isn't about one guy in the corner calling the shots. It's about everyone being given the permission to call the shots in a safe environment, and we're all in it together. Now, people sign up for that or they don't. The, the sort of DNA requirements that you need to work at Pragma. And you you soon find out and people find out they come to us in terms of this place would suit my style, you know. So it takes a while to work it out and craft it. But once you know, and, and even during interview process, we're pretty open about, well, if you're going to work here, you're going to have these and these traits. If you purport to have them and you don't, it's only you, you'll just fail yourself. So you might as well not come on board. So it's been quite defined about what we're looking for and being quite open that it doesn't fit everyone. So I think that's how I can, or well, that's how we have been able to scale the business by getting the right people with the right sort of DNA, which people that want to stand up, people that want to take a risk, and people that want to achieve things are people that want to work in our organization. If you don't, and want to be part of a cog, and, and then that's great as well, um, then maybe this business isn't right for you. So it, it's just being open and transparent about our journey and how the next role will fit the next part of the journey and communicating that to the candidates that want to join our company.
0: And that's, yeah, mate, excellent. So um, so impressive to hear all that. And And, you know, it's the way of the world. I mean, it's a very... In my opinion, it's a very uncomplicated way to go about your business. You know, the world is complicated enough. Let's just not add more complexity to the world we live in. This is how and what is expected here. Actually, the Navy SEALs have an amazing, the US Navy SEALs have an amazing motto. We carry it with a badge of honour here at Business Benchmark Group. If you want the most, make it easy. But if you want the best, you've got to make it hard. Mm. And this is not for everyone you know. I also ask Angelo, as you're, you're aware and James you, you, you are starting to get aware, I ask I walk into a room and I say who wants to go to heaven as it relates to your business, who wants to go to heaven and all the hands go up and literally three minutes later or two minutes later or half a minute later I say okay excellent, who's prepared to die 60% of the hands go down there's no other way to get to heaven or whatever your heaven is other than you're prepared to put in the work and understand the impact in- impact the upside, the progression that you're creating as a part of your little piece in a bigger piece that you're engaged and or involved. It is truly remarkable. I love everything you just shared there, Angela. James, back to you for a moment. So you know the, the, the changing needs and and and, and ultimately the, the need for businesses and/or in your case your your Carpentry Australia membership business and/or the carpenters that you truly, truly help every other day. How is it that you um, suggest and or recommend that, you know, the changing face of business, the the, the needs of a customer are absolutely going higher. Clients right now, business clients right now, residential, business to consumer clients right now, they are paying more for everything. And if you don't believe me, just go to your petrol bouncer right now to understand what I'm talking about. Everyone's paying more, right? And therefore, is there this elevated level of expectation because everyone's paying more? And and, and in your case, how are you guiding and or assisting with the headspace, the mindset, in other words, and we just heard a little bit of Angelo's version of this, how are you assisting with the mindset around, yes, things are getting more expensive, but that doesn't mean you need to be cheap as it relates to your uh, members at Carpentry Australia.
2: Yeah, I think, um, as I said earlier, it's about pricing yourself in the right market. You don't want to um, go in a price war and undercut each other if it means you're not going to be able to sustain your business. You want to be able to continue. And similar to your example last time, that you know the builders and the customers, I think, are willing to pay an amount because they want someone to be able to see the job from start to finish, not get halfway through, not make money and not be able to continue. Um, you know, the big some big builders have... Um, struggle financially and the people that are working for them, it's about um, we've worked with some members that are working with bigger companies about, you know, invoicing and payment terms and getting money through, um, not, you know, waiting 90 days and finding out no money's coming. Um, so there's a bit of education around your payment, your invoicing, but there's also about um, valuing your time and your work and your team um, and doing that. But I think, um, the, as you said, the Bowser, I've got a big U, I feel it every time you go to the pump um, that price is going up, but it's not just fuel. There's, you know, timber materials. All materials seem to be going up. Um, so you can't, you know, just have a set hourly rate that you continue to um, charge. Otherwise, you won't be able to be sustainable in business.
0: What is the price of a pot these days in a in a in a, in a suburban pub, mate? What is it? A
2: oh, pot. I don't know. I've got uh, two young kids, mate. I, the last time I've been able to go to a pub and have a cold pot has uh, been too long. Um, but, yeah, no, I won't even answer that. I've got a 10-week-old <laughs> and a 2-year-old, so I'm not going to the pub any more than I would like to. <laughs> and, uh, you, 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 mate, you're
0: drinking the groanies home brew, mate. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> mate, <starting laughs> to hear and
2: it's uh, awesome to hear. Uh, how is the little one going, mate? Yeah, no, they're both going well. One turns two next week and the other one turns three months. So 21 months apart, two girls. I'm heavily outnumbered. But, uh, yeah, love them to death and it's uh, worth skipping the pub a few times to uh, spend time with them.
0: And when it's all done and dusted, that is the most important um, piece in all our lives. And uh, those that are there, we're privileged, and those that are going there, mate, look, look forward to that. Uh, Angelo, just as we come to some um, conclusion as it relates to today's uh, episode of the Trade Hour, thank you for being here. Um, if there was one thing, if there was one thing that you, if you were 12 months ahead of where we are today, let's just say this is August 2023, and we're looking backwards, what is it that you're going to see and or reflect on? The one thing that you, Angela Alatero, CEO and founder of Pragma, that when you look back in the next 52 weeks, you're going to say, that was good. That was good. We've moved the boat forward, right? What will that one thing be for you in this changing economy?
1: Well, Well, I think it'd be that we got through it and we were successful. You know, we've got, a, we've got a lot of projects to deliver. It's, it's tough. And um, if I look back in a year's time, it'll be, well, we did it against all odds. And it's, it's a different to two years ago. The challenges are significantly different this time around. So when we get through that, it'd be a bit of a celebration because it's a pretty tough space at the moment.
0: Yeah. What is the most toughest thing about the space? This is
1: the moment, mate. For you. I, th- I think business. there's, yeah, there's a bit of, uh, pick up what James said, aside from inflationary pressures, there's uh, health issues in terms of staff and, and illness and consistency, which is more than just staff, it's your contractors and, and uh, your partners in delivery. So everyone's going through the same pain points of well, where you started with availability of staff and, and that impacts continuity. You can't get continuity. You overlay that with projects that still need to be delivered and you've just got to do it a different way uh, than what you have before. So look at it differently. How are we going to deliver this project? So, yeah, going forward 12 months, if we can navigate all these different issues which are happening simultaneously, we've done a really good job. So, yeah, a lot going on. (laughs) Mate, So so,
0: words of wisdom. I love it. Um, unbelievable sharing here, and, and James, as it relates to Carpentry Australia, yeah. August 2023, and we look backwards. What is it as it relates to being a significant influencer in that association for thousands, thousands of people yeah. across the nation? What will you see as your number one, the number one thing in 12 months' time? Looking backwards, that was a great decision. What is that for you, in your opinion?
2: I think in our business it would be that we've just started uh, July this year rolling out our national builders training um, to all states. So we um, tested it in Victoria and had real great success helping our guys become registered builders in their domestic builders limited to carpentry or unlimited. Um, And now we've uh, expanded through extra trainers and now we're doing it in all states of Australia. So that's a new thing that we've had a really good uptake this month. Um, And I think in 12 months when we see that we're servicing Um, our carpenters becoming registered builders in all states of Australia, that'll be a big tick to the box. Um, And that's what diversification is. You can't just do what works. You've got to expand what you're doing and offer more and more to your um, people. And as we expand what we offer, the more members we'll get in other states. Um, So that's what we'll continue to do. And uh, in six months' time, it might be that we have something completely different come up in Queensland or WA, and we've just got to stay on top of that and get ready to roll things out. (laughs) <laughs> Mate, I love it. And basically what you said is
0: new product, same market. That's what you just mentioned, which yeah. is really interesting because when we think about diversification, some of us are just go into, oh, my God, I've got to compete with Elon Musk to get to Mars first. And that's the last thing you want to be doing, right? You do not want to be competing with Elon Musk to go to Moon to the moon first, right? Because I think Jeffrey Bezos might beat him before any one of us do, right? <laughs> so, So the point is... I've got a very loyal and sticky customer base. In other words, I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to continue doing the right thing, but I'm going to continue to innovate and share more value for them to consider taking. Master stroke. No money down that one. It is a master stroke and it's built on the back of a strong customer-centric, customer-focused um, um, DNA and Carpentry Australia, power to you, James, and leading what you do. You and Jake are a phenomenal, um, several leaders doing what you do. Angelo, thank you for being here this afternoon and uh, sharing some um, amazing, um, um, again, words of wisdom, but more importantly, you know, Pragma and its ability as a small business with 1,000 hours or so available to it every week, um, truly making a difference and going pound to pound with some big gorillas out there. That you compete with, and it's not about beating them; it's about staying true to yourself, which is way more important. Definitely. And um, many, many of us, um, many of us continue to look down at our toes at the expense of occasionally just lifting our eyes up and looking at one, two, three years into the horizon. What do we see, and what is possible for us? I want to thank you both for your um, sharing here this afternoon. Uh, this is uh, the trade hour. Um, a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal sharing um, between James, Angelo, and um, thank you for being here. Everybody, be safe. Um, keep your comments coming in. Ensure you're getting engaged at a higher level, and we look forward to uh, the next season um, coming up very soon of the Trade Hour. Thank you, everybody. Have a great evening, and uh, let's go make a let's go make a great decision starting today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Steph. Thank you.